So a strategic yes is something that takes you closer to where you want to be. Mm. So it's things that you should be putting your hand up for once you've set great boundaries and or you've just freed up a bit of time to really sit down and prioritize. Those are the things that are going to take you where you want to go. Welcome to Power Up, the podcast that uncovers the unique challenges women leaders face today. Join your hosts, Nat and Kristen, as we dive into the tough topics and provide actionable insights you can apply right now. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Hello, thanks for listening today. We're chatting about the importance of strategic yeses. That is saying yes to the right things that can advance our careers. Because obviously at PowerSuit, we are all about helping all of us advance our careers. And the goal of this podcast is to give you the tools and confidence to build your career on your terms. You can also check us out at powersuit.com for more. Yeah, so we've been speaking to a lot of people and a consistent theme has come through, Nat in our interviews with successful women. And that has been, they know how to say no, and they know when to say yes. Is it also that they call themselves successful women? Yeah. (laughs) I love the emphasis on that. (laughs) They do know how to say no and yes. And I've battled with this a lot. Well, who doesn't? Well, I don't know. I don't know. Do you battle with it? Yeah. I remember last year I lived with a couple of friends for three months and we read a boundaries book every morning and it was eye-opening to all of us specifically two of us one of us was actually quite good at it that was not me that how many boundaries and the two parts of boundaries setting and enforcing them and I was quite good at setting them turns out terrible at enforcing them what about Ah, you ah very good well historically I am well probably I like to be a people pleaser as many do and I possibly have a fear of disappointing so depending on stakeholders or my dad or whatever just weird stuff (laughs) I know wrapped up in I don't want to disappoint and there's this idea of what success looks like and when we don't have a clear direction or a clear path as to what that looks like you kind of just say yes to everything so you don't know where to set the boundaries absolutely and Mm. I think for me it was I was actually quite good at saying no I don't want to do that or no to different things because I feel like I've lived my life having to sort of turn things down but I always got kerfuffled by when someone then responded saying or in the future came back to me expecting me to do it anyway that that little thing and so I end up saying yes all the time because I was like oh I'm sure I said no to this but obviously that didn't make sense and in this book I should link to the book below it told us the seven different reactions people give you to setting boundaries and only one of them is great good for you (laughs) the six others are various levels of accidental or on-purpose manipulation to get you to actually let go of your boundary which is why I found myself doing all sorts of things for all sorts of people while also feeling very disgruntled doing it yeah (laughs) and which leads to kind of that point of it's emotionally easier to say yes to all things because it's really hard to stick to your guns anyone who has a codependent relationship or an emotionally dependent friend or children it is really hard it's easier just to say yes fine 
eat that thing that you're not allowed to eat, do the thing you're not allowed, because it it's exhausting. And, and we have different thresholds for confrontation and conflict, but it does feel very conflicty to say no. That is something that I think a lot of women struggle with, that idea of, in the moment, just being really clear and calm and saying no and not feeling like that's a conflict situation, which is not. For a lot of people, that's not actually conflict. It's just that we probably have internalized through socialization to be people pleasers. Yeah. And that I think there's a lot of research around women and how we're socialized from quite early to say yes to things and to do things for other people and look after other people and put other people's needs first, which I imagine gets worse when you have children. Yeah, and I think the ability to say no diplomatically is very hard because while you hear no is a full sentence, and it can be, it's quite abrupt and it can feel a bit rude when you just say no. So there are probably lots of diplomatic ways to do it. I don't know. We could probably include some of those over socials this week, actually. Yes, let's do that. But, you know, we, we do need to learn to get better at setting boundaries, which will be a different podcast episode. We can't be all things to all people. There are insane levels of burnout now. I saw a stat the other day that 47% of women in the workplace identify themselves as burning out so that isn't great and if you do feel like you're burning out you are clearly not alone yeah. if you look side to both sides of you one other of those women will be feeling the same which is shocking yeah no it's crazy so if we kind of say we recognize there's power in the word no we'll put some cool stuff up on socials this week what let, let's talk about how to know when to say yes and what a strategic yes is do you want to kind of start kick that off yes I do. <laughs> so we should we so talk, talking first about identifying what a strategic yes is. Yeah, what, like yeah. what is it? What yeah. is it? I love how you always ask me to, and then I ask you back. What? what <laughs> I put it. I'm putting the hard work on you. Go. So a strategic yes is something that takes you closer to where you want to be. Mm. So it's things that you should be putting your hand up for once you've set great boundaries and or you've just freed up a bit of time to really sit down and prioritize. Those are the things that are going to take you where you want to go, be it helping you show strategic value at work through really understanding work priorities or personal priorities, which could be even anything down to having more downtime. That is actually a a strategic priority for a lot of people so that's actually totally fine as well yeah I I kind of like to think of it from an organizational point of view and how just imagine an exec leadership team going into strategic planning they're often asking them and deciding on things like what impact do we want to have and we do that at Parasuit why do we exist what impact we want to have for who and how are we going to achieve that impact, you know, and what are our strengths and how, what are we best positioned to do? What specific priorities of work do we have to do to reach that? So an organization is going, what are all the things we have to knock off this year in order to reach these strategic goals for this organization? What resources do we need is the next question. So how much money do we need to do it? What type of people do we need to do? What are the special skill sets involved in reaching our strategic goals? And how will we know we're making progress? How are we actually measuring if we've reached the thing or we're hitting the thing? So I kind of like thinking from an organizational perspective, because probably a lot of people have been involved or heard of some of those decisions being made and recognize that at that level, it's really no different than taking it down to the organization of you and also thinking, you know, what do I want to, what, what impact do I want to have this year? What do I personally need to do? 
what resources do I need? It's probably time, you know, it's probably carving out that time. It could be working on a particular type of project. And how will you know you're making progress towards that thing? I really like that. I've, I, I love the idea at PowerSuit of taking these really common ideas that we all understand, strategic organizational priorities and applying them to our own selves and mm. thinking of ourselves as we've talked we talk about it fairly often but a good friend of ours Rachel talks about your personal board of directors which we will be talking about in a future episode but if you see yourself as a business the business of you what are your strategic priorities in Mm. life because we do only get one life and I often think about that and I know people often say you don't lie on your deathbed thinking I should work more I should have worked more but what you can get out of work and what you can get out of life when you set strategic yeses up is that you live each part to its best Mm. and and we were having a great conversation yesterday with someone and I can't remember you I'm gonna put you on the spot the idea of work-life balance that he rails against and what Ah, should he call it work-life integration integration and that concept that we don't have balance on any given day you may be more focused on work on your kids or your home life that doesn't actually matter it's about across every part of what you do what are your priorities and making sure you spend a lot of your time working towards them rather than getting caught up with all the other madness that that is very it's knocking at our doors all the time yeah I'm still mulling that one because I'm trying to think integration I think it's how I live like I don't go work time lifetime like it's all kind of it I've worked like it's and I'm putting crossing my fingers together like it's threaded together and I flow in and out of these states and I do have carved out times where I have to work on work stuff but I guess if you're in a flexible environment where you have to go do personal stuff too um, I don't know I just feel like there's that constant flow and I don't know if that's what integration is I don't know if it is for everyone I think if that's how you work that's how you work I think for other people it might literally be I work these hours I don't work these hours but basically the concept of you've got these two things how do you integrate them best to work for you rather than trying to achieve this theoretical balance that no one can so no I like that so you're always failing I like that I like that because you're right integration for me means flexibility and I've got blocks of time that I have to flip back and forth between all things. But I don't, at the end of the day, go, did I achieve balance? Like, mm. it's just fluid for me. Mm. 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 And, anyway. and most of us can't achieve balance on the micro level because, I mean, that's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I thought would be interesting to chat about was there, I, I wonder if there's a bit of a tension between this, like, self-strategic yeses and greater organizational strategic yeses. And... You know, I, I think if your goal is to advance in your career, in your organization, those have to be super aligned. And I just, I, it might be interesting to chat about that. Like if you had, yeah, like if your specific goal is to advance in your career at your organization, you kind of see a pathway, you recognize those leadership levels, you've got a goal to get there. I think it's really important that you are we talked up top of this podcast about the organizational, what's the impact they want to have? How is it being measured? Those are effectively the goals of an organization, which I assume will have annual goals. It's it's important that we are across what they are. And while an organization, in my opinion, should be really transparent about what those are, that creates a great culture saying, this is what we're looking to achieve. Here's our priorities. And your manager should be saying, this is how your work fits into that. This is how you're moving the needle. That's not always the case. And so I think 
and I've had some experiences we'll chat about later that you have to go and find that stuff out so that you are strategically doing the right stuff and saying yes to the right things. What, what are your thoughts? I, I, I find that really fascinating because I think it comes back to the one of the core principles of Power Suit, which is us taking control and building our own leadership playbooks. And that starts with choosing what jobs you apply for. And depending on your yes. age and stage, the job you might apply for and your strategic priorities for yourself right then might be having a little bit less mental burden on yourself or earning an income for your family or it could be a really purpose-driven situation or it could be saying yes to an opportunity that takes you towards the job you'd ultimately like to get. So mm. I think that is one of the coolest things that I feel like we focused on a lot at PowerSuit is work doesn't happen to us we actually many of us and this is not always the case but many of us have the ability to proactively choose the organizations we work for based on our strategic alignment of does this organization take me closer to where I want to be and that could be anything from really believing in the organization's vision and really want to take part in an organization that's changing the world in a way that you want to change the world but it doesn't have to be it could be a really cool role that puts you in a position to leapfrog to the next step either way we actually are in control of that no one's forcing us to stay at an organization and if we have this idea of a strategic priority list for ourselves we are much more we're in a much stronger position to make the correct choices with our jobs and not just sort of settle for a job that's offered to us or um, a role that we found on some job hunting platform that we're actually proactively thinking what do I want to do and then once we get in how am I going to do it the best yeah. that I can yeah yeah no love that I love that and and once you do get in I do think it's really important that you have those tough conversations about yeah. transparency as to what you know what what does success look like at your level at the next level department-wide whatever that might be and then for you really to be clear on how is it that you're impacting that? Absolutely. Mm. And I think one of the things, one of the hidden things in our lives is the, the, the damage or the extra mental load that occurs when you are not aligned with the work that you do. And I've experienced that before on multiple occasions, actually. And it's nobody's fault. It's not like it's a terrible organization. I just mm. realized, and I remember this years ago, I suddenly realized this organization is the board doesn't want the same things for the company that the company says that they want and I want something different for it what am I doing here mm. <laughs> so it's time to say best of luck <laughs> be well off I go mm. and I think that's something that I've realized is when you wake up every day and if you don't actually believe in what the organization's doing and I don't mean that on a higher purpose level but that they are actually committed to supporting you or committed to the values that they have written down or that those values don't align it's actually okay to say not for me but I think a key thing there is you need to know what those things are mm. and like you said many managers don't necessarily realize and this is a hot tip for us realize the value of storytelling and repeating all those things about an organization sometimes it's on you to go and hunt them down and 100. and internalize them learn them embed them in your day-to-day -day action 100 percent. and my hope is that most people that are listening are in a situation in an organization they care deeply about and are really happy so assuming that now would be the time for you to think very carefully 
what are your strengths? Like, what are your unique superpowers in this organization? Why did you get the role? What are the what does success look like in your role? And how does that align with how the organization can use your specific superpowers to move the needle on their success criteria? And that really results in you recognizing your value to an organization. So when you're up for performance review or you're looking to ask for a pay rise, you're really clear not only, we talked about this in episode, our very first episode, on what the organization is trying to do and how you're specifically contributing to that. Now, if you're really passionate about that, that should form part of your strategic yeses. Absolutely. Mm. And I wonder if that moves us on to how to identify them, because the first step is goal setting. And I used to cringe when I heard the word goal setting because I was like, I don't set goals. But then I've, over the years, every now and again, if someone asks me what am I working on or what I'm thinking about, those goals just top of mind. And I realize I actually am a goal setter. But I just, I find sometimes the really, like I know it works for a lot of people, the real formal sitting down at the beginning of the year, this is five things I want to tick off. That's not for me. But at any one time, there are definitely a couple of things that I'm trying to work on. And that could be anything from, we've talked a lot about exercise of like making sure that I'm um, looking after my body and my health. That could be a goal that I'm specifically working on personally, all the way through to learning a new skill. And when you talk about that alignment with the company, if you learning a new skill actively helps that company, that's pretty epic right like that's and knowing that gives you a lot of power when you are in performance reviews but also day to day when you're not when you are walking around the office and I'm sure if you're anything like us there's a million people needing a million things of you but if you know these are the things that I need to achieve to get where I want to go it makes it a lot easier to to know which things are and which things aren't going to take you there yes and this is where the power of networking comes in this can happen in your organization and it can be really scary to reach out and tap people different stakeholders across the organization but it is so important again you talked about us taking control of that that literally could be you spending 20 minutes or having a couple different coffees a month or even zoom calls whatever that might be with different stakeholders throughout your organization to understand in their eyes what is success how might your department your role whatever what do they see in the future how can you use your strengths and superpowers that way i think networking can be so powerful and co-collaboration so while i recognize there will be personal things there'll be learning and development things that you personally want to do there'll be wellness goals that you might have but when it comes to work if you really want to move the needle in an organization often they can't be created in isolation like you actually have to co-create those you have to co-create them not only with your manager but also get different data points from around the organization so you're really clear and then you can kind of point to those at at those performance meetings absolutely and the only addition i'd say to the networking thing is go armed with knowledge as as a leader i have been frustrated in the past and people come book a half hour hour meeting and ask me questions that they could potentially have found out themselves. Mm-hmm. Like I am much more excited and open when someone comes and says, I've checked out the vision and mission for the company. I see the strategic priorities for the company. I see myself sitting here. I'd really like to understand 
these three things that I figured out, does this what you expect or is it like do that work and you will be looking pretty good in the eyes of the people you go to. If you just tap them on the shoulder and sort of do the whole thing with them, they'll be like another person coming to me asking for more help with yeah, stuff yeah, that yeah, yeah. they should have sorted out on their own. So yeah, it's fair. really be very careful to make sure that you have done the work when yeah. you go to people. Yeah, and it's respectful of people's time as well, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. So so what are your goals at the moment? Do you have any at the moment? Well, I, I I'm not convinced I've got like a really specific power suit goal, but obviously it's to get this thing off the ground. And we've got a really big vision for enabling women to take up more space. And so how that looks ultimately in a scaled digital product is a question mark. So I think for now it would be, we're learning as much as we can. We're launching an exciting pilot this week that people can take a part of, take part in, and that is our first paid product of PowerSuit, which is really exciting. So the goals would be that we learn very quickly and we actually start to create something of value that people are willing to pay for. Um, I do have a personal goal of getting fit, so I'm still working towards that and very sore after a gym session yesterday with a friend. So heart could hardly walk yesterday, groaning every time I sat down, stood up, walked down the <laughs> She was. I can attest to that. <laughs> I was. Uh, there's that. I've just been mulling over personal development and we were chatting about this yesterday, Nat, but if we've been asked to more and more speaking gigs and so really getting clear on what are the areas that we want to own as leaders? Like, what are those areas? And we don't know everything. What? Uh, <laughs> so is it, you know, we, we know a lot about women. We know a lot about women in the workplace and leadership and we've got our own personal stories, which is amazing. But do we want to add additional things to our arsenal? Like, do we want to deep dive into the future of work, what that looks like and how that could benefit women? Do we want to look into AI and deep dive into that and how that could benefit women? So there's maybe something there about thought leadership space. What about yours, Nat? I, I, I've added a couple. I've given myself, made myself the guinea pig for this week's newsletter, but thinking specifically about PowerSuit, there's a couple of stretch goals that I have. One is we've come out of an investing platform that was New Zealand based. So I am really committed to growing PowerSuit globally as quickly as possible, which means breaking through some of those mental barriers about it's very easy to be successful amongst people you know and the networks you already have. So really making that leap in startups to a totally new audience who doesn't know who you are. So that's one of my goals is to build those skills and networks. The second thing is a growth one as well of this is uh, we're bootstrapping this company and bootstrapping means we are funding it. We are devoting our time to it for free to try and get it off the ground, which is a lot of work. And Everything we do that you see, all the glamorous pictures, all the podcasts, all the newsletters, all the social media comes from us too. And there is a ton of skills to learn in that area until we are in a position to hire someone. So learning how to use Instagram properly, learning how to build networks on LinkedIn, learning even stupid IT support stuff, setting up emails. So just broadening those skills and adapting them you know I've been in tech for 20 years and a lot of stuff has changed so mm -hmm. refreshing those after about five years of having this incredible team helping us do it so that we can get off the ground and then yes the the product side of things to really take us from nothing or, or a couple of really cool free tools to the first paid tool I think is the other biggie and all of those things require a lot of discipline and skills so yeah. um those would be my power suit goals great so i think anyone that is listening also can really start to identify what your goals are because that is the first part of strategic yeses which leads us to the second part which is 
what are all the ways that we can meet those goals and all of the different type of work we can do and the actions that we can take. So obviously with getting fit, it is having a routine of exercise with things like building power suit. You know, we have to prioritize where our time is spent each week to achieve those goals. And I think it is really important to get clear on the specific activity that is going to get you to that goal. Absolutely. So I like to think of it as a quick brainstorming session, which again, I use myself as a guinea pig, but I do do this quite regularly of what are the things that I need to do now? So for example, even with something like Instagram, talk to a couple of people about the tools they use, download those tools. You'll see if you follow us on Instagram, I played with an AI picture tool the other day. That was a 20 minute task. That was just an action I had down of, I know AI is a thing. We know that there's a bunch of stuff that's happening around the area one of my actions was playing with it. Yep, exercise, obviously another one. I think when it comes to expanding your networks, there's a whole bunch of actions, going out for coffees with people, talking more on LinkedIn is one of the actions that I was thinking a lot about. Finding new opportunities to connect with people at a different level, I think is cool because, and I actually heard the other day, an opportunity to do exactly this, join a running club that a couple of friends I know are involved in. They're all extremely incredible leaders themselves. So it'd be great to meet some of the people they go running with. So there is, even if you just sit down and write out five to 10, we're huge fans of not overcooking it. Like don't give yourself a hundred tasks because you'll end up exhausted and stop. Five to 10 different actions that you could commit to that feel like something that will take you close to your goals. And and same with the goal setting, one to three, no more. If you've got more than three goals, you're not gonna be able to prioritize all of them, in my opinion, yeah. unless you have a lot more spare time than yeah. we do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think then what starts to get really clear is you're, you're presented with opportunities all the time, you know, to, that can fill your time. And by actually charting out what the goals are and what are all the different ways you can reach it, prioritizing the based on your strength and impact that kind of thing then you can start to go when something comes out of left field like we've had a few opportunities to go chat with people in the broader women's space to do you know it, it could be with a finance bent or it could be with a mum bent or we've had a few different opportunities and that's where the kind of red lights at this stage in our business should flare and it should be that's when you start to recognize Ooh, are these one of the ways that I can reach my goals? And that's when the sirens kind of go up and you go, if I say yes to that, it is kind of, it's not wasting time, but it's not moving me closer. And it's actually slowing me down from moving me closer to the goals. Not sure if that was a great example, but I just think when you have that stuff, that's really clear, it's the left field stuff that comes. And if that left field stuff is an opportunity that aligns with the goals can shortcut that stuff, great. But if it's often it can be kind of time wasting and confusing and take you and distract you, I think. Well, another great example, we talk a lot about um, meeting minutes and women by and large tend to take on the majority of work like that. When you've set up your goals and the activities that can take you close to your goals, I almost guarantee that writing meeting minutes for everyone in the meeting is not one of them. Yeah. <laughs> because no one's going to recognize that as something that's taking you forward to whatever the organization's goals are. That lets you go next time that comes to you as a request to go, great, how are we as a team going to deal with this work that's not strategic? I'll take them this time, you take them next time. How are we going to share this load? Yeah. Because none of this is strategic. So though, having that structure around the goals and activities that will take you there helps you really identify things that don't fall out, which is what you were saying. Yeah, yeah. I remember when I first got into my very first job and 
uh, I very quickly got to understand the business. And the way I did that was I was super observant. So for the first six months there, I just soaked everything up. I was the biggest listener. I was so observant because I was also working out how this whole workplace thing worked. And just coming from uni, I remember sitting in a meeting, looking around and I'm like, all these young people, they were all quite young, they're working? Like we're not <laughs> talking about like snowboarding or our weekends. And I just found that really, I don't know, I was just struck with that. Ooh, this is like business time. Um, so I had to put my business time they suit were probably on. all scrolling Facebook <laughs> or something. <laughs> no, it was amazing. All these passionate people. It was a, quite an interesting workplace to be. It was great. But I was really observant was number one, just to get a sense of how everything worked, but also what really mattered at that organization. What were the things it was publicly listed at that time. So obviously share price mattered, which meant revenue mattered, which meant growth mattered. And I was like, great, because that's where I could contribute. So I remember I was working with this colleague who was a male and he was picked, he was picked and shoulder tapped to be part of a strategic project and be kind of the numbers guy. And it was really interesting because we both came in with the same degree and the same experience, but he was picked to be the numbers guy, which was not helpful for my confidence around you know, how women tend to not the numbers people. So he got to work these late evenings with all these VPs and he got a massive rise and well, it was all very yucky, but I was like, okay, fine. Competitive nature kicked in and I was like, how am I gonna contribute with my superpowers? There might not be numbers at that time, um, but it was all about, we were opening up a new resort in the States and I just had to figure out how could I add my superpowers to help them make that decision of a couple, they were looking at a couple different locations. So I did, I used, I put my hand up and I came to them and I said, I can really help you narrow the decision as to what resort you can look at based on the population and the a target market that we're attracting and the amount of people in that area and the money that they have and the other services and amenities around. So I actually embarked on a, a big market research project that was not part of my JD. I wasn't hired to do that, but I was like competitive nature. I need to be involved here and insert myself and help them with this. And it actually turned out really well and made a name for myself. So that was something where I kind of had to take a bit of control and rather than sit back and, and fall into victim mode, like I was like, I got to do that too. Like I really have to, you know, do that. Work the system, mm. build your own playbook. Yeah. And, I, and I completely agree with that because I think we've all been in situations where you, as a, as a leader, offers a woman an opportunity and they go, oh no, I'm too busy. <laughs> and you're like, this would be so good for you. Yeah. And I would love for you to have taken some of the other things that you didn't need to do off your plate and really see this as an opportunity. And I'm sure I've done the same in my younger years. And and that is one of the easiest ways you can end up not having that relationship that you could have because you haven't recognized your strategic yes. And in your case, they didn't offer you the opportunity. In many cases, you may get it in a way that's slightly different from what you yeah. think. And the, so I suppose the last the last point for today is strategic yeses aren't always the answer to a question. People may not ask the question, will you do this? Will you step up? Will you take part in this pro project? They will talk about the project and your job is to go, yes, I'm going to be part of that. No question needed to be asked for you to do that. Yeah, I that I love it. That's great. So you can identify strategic yeses. This is a reminder by setting goals. So even if you're on your next walk or you're just moving, sometimes those are the great, the best places to be thinking. 
Start to think about your goals. Start to think, do they align with organizational goals? If not, take some action to figure out what those are. The second point is to start to brainstorm all the ways that you can meet those goals. There's probably a number of things that you can do. And then the the yeses are to the things that move you closer to your goals. So it's it sounds simple, but it's hard because the world is noisy and stuff's coming left, right and center. But I think practice makes perfect and we get Start better at small. this. Start yeah. small, pick one goal, yeah. pick five things that might take you closer and like yellow cars, you might start spotting them everywhere. And you know that thing when you buy a yellow car, you see them? When you have this list of five things, you might find those opportunities shop a little bit more than you might realize please visit powersuit.com. We have lots of free tools and resources for you to start to build a career on your terms. Sign up to our newsletter. You're listening to this podcast right now. Hit follow, number one. Number two, give us five stars so that we can chat in more people's ears because that's really important part of our building this vision. Thank you for your support and we will catch you next time. Bye.